With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And next, we're going all the way to Thailand. I'm going to be talking to Peter Aziz on the topic of Heal the Unhealable. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So good to connect with you and a very intriguing topic. For those of you that don't know Peter, Peter Aziz is a healer, magician, and shaman from the UK, now living in Thailand. He has spent his whole life training in shamanism, healing, yoga, magic, metaphysics, and learning from the fairy kingdom. Unusually, he also has a degree in physics and uses his scientific background to further expand his metaphysical teachings. Peter has dedicated himself to bringing ancient wisdom to the public to help all spiritual seekers to further themselves and to healing the impossible. He is trained and initiated in many powerful shamanic healing traditions, including body electronics, Javanese magic, Egyptian magic, voodoo and Aghora tantra, and he has received direct spiritual transmissions which bring even greater power to his shamanic healing work. He is also a homeopath, a herbalist. Okay. Can you say it for me? Psychonics? Oh, psionics. (laughs) Psionics practitioner, Reiki grandmaster, highest level voodoo priest, and Javanese sorcerer. Ooh, Peter, that is so many uh, names, so many things, such a journey. Can you let our listeners know, well, number one, what is a shaman? And number two, give us a little bit more backstory. How did you come to into this area? Well, shaman is quite a common name these days for many traditional um, healing techniques, but basically it means a master of inspiration and ecstasy. So it implies to those who follow natural um, ways of using herbs, talking to the spirit world, and basically bringing in the power of nature, and having a good connection to the spirit to bring that to humanity and to heal the various ills physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So basically I started this path as a homeopath and acupuncturist about 40 years ago. But through my practice, I went to reach out and find new techniques to help people. And shamanism has been my greatest key there. I went to the, across the world where I saw amazing things being healed and uh, went to learn everything I saw. So I trained in Pueblo Indian shamanism, but of course to train in voodoo, in South American shamanism, in Javanese magic. I've put all these things together. Basically, what um, <clears throat> really led me to the shamanism was when I had some clients who couldn't deal by the means because they seemed to be had some kind of curse on them. <laughs> I had a person who'd been cursed by voodoo and everything kept going wrong. You know, you heal them with one thing, they have another accident, something else goes wrong. And I had to learn how to break that. So I had to end up training in voodoo myself so I could break such curses. And it came to my attention that there's a lot of metaphysical causes of, of people's problems. So I started to put that together with my acupuncture and my homeopathy to actually have, have a more complete healing system. My work basically consists of finding the emotional blocks and um, traumas and things behind people's problems. That's deep within the consciousness. They've got traumas and beliefs and things from the past. And these belief systems are holding them back in their journey. So my work is really about finding those difficult things and clearing them out using shamanic tools. I love it. I love an example without breaking any confidentiality. When you talk about finding the emotional blocks and beliefs and helping people release them, can you give us an example of someone that, you know, had some sort of situation or life, you know, health issue? And once they release those things, they suddenly, whatever. Can you give us an example? Oh, there's been many over the years. I mean, 
I've specialized in dealing with the very difficult, impossible things, is why the title of this course. <laughs> um, common one was um, people who've been paralyzed by accidents or strokes. I find when you actually start working on the points on, on the nerve lines and with stuff, nerve supply, they come back to life. And quite often, the suppression of pain is what's stopping the nerves from growing. It's obvious when you get hurt and you numb out, nerves withdrawing. And if that doesn't come back, you never move again. So basically, somebody is paralyzed. We find those pain, painful spots, release all the pain that's stored there, and suddenly they can move again. That happens quite quickly. Is that, is that particularly a hands-on practice when you're talking about releasing the pain? Is this specific points on their body, or is something? Is it something that can be done virtually? It can be done virtually. I mean, it's, some of these problems are easier if you can have hands-on because we use trigger points in the body. The body that worker did was involved in um, a point-holding system. We hold certain points of the body and it triggers release, a bit like acupuncture points. However, through the Shandali practice, I realize you can actually change people from a distance. You send the energy in, it raises Kundalini, starts bringing all the problems out, you can direct it that way. So I have, um, over the last few years, developed my work to do it distantly as well. Well, which is so important because um, yes. people around the world, well, every, well, so many people are suffering, but specifically around the unhealable because it's people yes, that have a condition that they just have either, quote unquote, tried everything, or maybe they've given up or they've resided to the fact that that's how it is. But that's, again, possibly a belief. Um, yeah. Can you give us another example? Like, what are some specific conditions that, so other than the the paralysis and, and things? Um, immune problems such as AIDS. Uh, many years ago, I'd first had somebody who was basically dying because at those, that time, I don't know if it's different now, if you had AIDS, you basically had a sentence. Even with the drugs they gave you, that'll kill you mm -hmm. in a couple of years. But I worked on the immune system. We do that through the thymus gland because that's what stores some fear and shame. In this case, when you work on the thymus gland and um, the shame and the fear comes out, you can boost the immune response up to 20,000%. A lot of that's um, blocked immune system is to do the shame and fear that they're storing. And shame can have so many different forms. So basically, it's the feeling of being defective and somehow not being good enough. These we build up in layers since our childhood, and we're told you're no good, and so on. And when you get rid of all those feelings of being not good enough, um, apart from the motivation of it coming back, the immune system also comes back. Well, I have had several cases of AIDS over the years. Also, problems of say heart disease, arthritis, multiple sclerosis, motor neuron. They've all got better by releasing the emotional blocks. Some slower than others. Like for instance, what we do with arthritis, um, we have to heal the, th the thyroid gland, which stores anger. But obviously, to get up to that, you've got to work through layers. You see, mm -hmm. we, we suppress emotions in certain layers. First of all, when you suppress pain, you then get angry because you think the situation never change. Then you get into fear about it. When you suppress that, you just go into the grief, into this victim pattern. We think it'll never change. Finally, you go into apathy. We just give up and don't feel anything will work. And then finally, you go into unconsciousness. We numb everything else and don't have to be aware of the problem anymore. So naturally, these come in reverse order release the unconsciousness, and the, the apathy which is stored in the spleen, then the grief which is stored in the solar plexus and pancreas and adrenal gland, then release fear from the thymus, then we get to the thyroid, release the anger. So to release uh, that condition, we have to work up through these layers. So it uh, takes a few sessions to get there in a way. So when we get to the thyroid gland, release the anger, that actually then affects the calcification of the body. So it clears conditions like arthritis and rheumatism. So all the pain goes, they can move again. So much wisdom that you're sharing. You actually win the prize for talking faster than me. <laughs> I'm following you. I know our listeners will be aiming to keep up. So fascinating. In fact, one on one of my previous shows, I talked about um, how someone I had heard them say, when we sacrifice our self-expression, especially women, 
Um, it presents in, we are inviting health problems in the form of thyroid problems and breast cancer. Very um, much, yes. And, and a lot of my audience, more and more people in, in you know, the world, in New Zealand, and specifically in, in our audience, are putting together or waking up to the fact that the emotions have such an integrative impact on how our body shows up physically with physical injuries or ailments and conditions. So this is so exciting to, to talk to you. And I know you're such an expert in this area. So thyroid was related to anger. Grief was related to the solar plexus and the That's adrenals right. and something yes. else. That's pancreas. <laughs> and pancreas. And then apathy was the spleen. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So interesting. And so what, what was the unconscious? Then? What was the unconscious? Is that just... that's, that's, that's the first gland, sexual glands. Interesting. It means uh, ovaries and uterus in the woman, all the prostate and testicle in the man. Okay. So if you were to work with someone on whatever their condition may be, um, you would start with the unconscious. So you would start with that kind of the reproductive area and then sequentially... Okay. Basically, work upwards, yes. But what we do is check the iris and see where the problems are, because um, the lesions show in the iris or, or each gland. If it's the lower glands are free, we can go straight on to where the problem is. But if there's problems on the lower level, we deal with those first. Because basically, because you learn to relate emotions in layers. You know, mm -hmm. if you suppress all your anger, it's gone right into unconsciousness. It doesn't come up immediately. It gets hidden in guilt and you know various things. See, when somebody's angry, they often feel guilty because they don't think they should have the anger and it's all, all they feel is guilt. So you're not mm -hmm. really going to get the, to the anger until they go through those layers of guilt and realize it's okay to be angry. So you can see there can be layers to work through here. Agreed. And I've also heard that behind anger is sadness. What do you think of that? Well, sadness comes lower in the scale, yes. But it all depends on the way you're on that scale. After, after grief, we usually get to fear before anger. So you find there's layers. If, if there's anger suppressed, you go into fear, then, mm. then the grief, then the apathy. All depends on how far you suppress it. Now, earlier you mentioned AIDS, and I wanted to ask you about VADES, which is vaccine autoimmune. Mm. I'm not sure what the acronym is, but it's about <laughs> vaccine injuries. Have you had a lot of people approaching you, or do you have capacity, to, um, ability to help people who are struggling with um, post-jab situations with their health? Yes, that has been a, a big part of my work the last couple of years because that's what's really coming up in the world big time. And it's very much the same treatment as normal AIDS, you know, with, with the immune system. But obviously, because we know it's coming from a vaccine, we can give the right herbs first of all to detoxify them. There are certain plants which take away the spike proteins. Uh, but beyond that, it is about, you know, releasing those emotions. You find that it's not just the COVID and the vaccine that's damaged people, it's the whole condition here, the, the lockdowns, losing power, people losing hope because they can't do anything, the show straight away. There's a, a lot deal, a lot going on here beyond the actual vaccine. It's what's happening in the world on the emotional level that's suppressing them, taking their power away. So same work, but we have to focus on those particular kind of issues that are mm. coming up now. I'd love, I want to dive more into that and the whole, everything we've all been through. And of course it affects different people differently. Uh, but just back to that question about the vaccine Injury, you mentioned some plants. Are you able to name some things that might help people at this point? Yes. I mean, obviously, we have different plants in the West, so I don't know if you have them where you are. But basically, some of the plants that uh, take away the spike protein uh, contain a substance called chicken mate. You find this in comfrey, feverview, St. John's wort, ginkgo biloba. Those are the most common ones I use, which actually will neutralize those spike proteins. Okay, great. And some people will recognize those. What about things that most people can get their hands on easily? I think coriander or cilantro, will that help or is it not powerful enough? It's um, good for detox in general, but doesn't specifically hit the spike protein. But also um, 
I've got to remember this spike protein comes from a snake venom. Any plants used for snake poisoning will actually work on it. Like over here, we have a plant called Vanguard that used for poisoning. I haven't investigated it so much, but it seems to be working here. Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard that that's one of the theories, and, and I'm not sure. But I mean, these days I'm open to, I'm pretty much open to a multitude of views. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the state of the world. Let's go there because mm. we've all been through this massive ordeal. Different people, in my experience, different people have been affected differently. Some people had to close down their business. Some people yes. had to ask people to wear masks and that felt horrible to them, but they still did it. Some people, et cetera, et cetera. What, what are you seeing people are experiencing as a result of that? And how can we empower and support them? Well, it's interesting because there's actually a, a new word in the Oxford English Dictionary. They're called goblin mode. <laughs> this one um, has come up the last couple of years, which means people have no interest in doing anything. They're so so completely suppressed in apathy. There's no motivation to do anything. And this has come from this all this suppression because, you know, if you can't do anything because you're shut, locked down, you lose all your hope. You lose your power because you can't do anything because you're not allowed to do anything, basically. So there's a loss of power, a loss of hope. People in this really apathetic state. So the first thing we have to do is take your power back. Right. You see, this isn't just about the layers of emotion. There's also power loss. If somebody's controlling you, they're taking power from you, and we can learn to take it back. When you take your power back, you find the motivations there again. You can actually get going and feel the, the confidence again to actually create your own life. So some people will be thinking, I hear you, Peter, but how? How do I take okay. my power back? There's some simple exercises. And actually, on my website, you'll find there's a free course called Take Your Power Back, and we can download that because it's very useful for this time. It takes you through various exercises and teaches you how power is lost, where it's lost, and ways of taking it back. Well, I think that's so important, and we're going to reel off your website. Um, in a, Well, actually, I'll let you do that in a moment, um, just so they can have a look at it, and we'll do it again at the end. What, what was your website? It's called azizshamanism.com. Aziz? So it's my name, Sham, yep. Shamanism, yes. Aziz, A-Z-I-Z. -Z. Yes. Shamanism. S-H-A-M-A-N-I-S-M.com. Got it. Okay, brilliant. People, you can go and have a look for that, taking your power back. I think more and more people are interested in doing that. A lot of people have had enough, at least here in New Zealand, hopefully, with some of the um, things that are going, hopefully going to be revealed through this new government, although we're not putting all our eggs in one political basket, but no, surely that helps. Um, we're hoping that, you know, some more um, truths will come to light as such. But I think it is super important, regardless of that, that people do take steps to take their power back and to start expressing themselves rather than feeling muzzled. Uh, because much. like you said, when we suppress our emotions, things are not good for the body. Of course. But also we have to realize we can't trust politicians anymore. They've never done the right job for us. We create our own reality. We have to take responsibility to build our own world and get out there and do it. Not wait Absolutely. for somebody else to do it for us. And your life, you're living in Thailand, you're from the UK, and I guess you've kind of created a lifestyle that works for you. A lot of our people listening are either in New Zealand or expats living around the world. What other message do you have for our, for our lovely Kiwi audience, either a message of hope or a message of reminding reminder about their own power? Well, first of all, there is nothing that can't be healed. You know, it's about finding the emotional block which we can do that would help you get through those uh, past blockages so you can actually get your life back on track. But not only can you heal everything, you can also create your own reality. You're basically gods underneath. 
This too is a case of releasing the emotional blocks that are holding you back with all the beliefs. You can't do it, all the doubts. When you work with those, you find you can create what you want. You don't have to put up with what people thought you from the outside. You can take control of your own life, create what you want, heal yourself, and basically take charge of your life. There is another free course actually I want to point you to on my website, which is called the Manifestation Masterclass. That too is free. Mm-hmm. It teaches all about the, how to manifest what you want and release all those blockages. So you can start practically making success in your in your life. That would be brilliant. We've had people on our show before talking about um, manifesting. So I think people are more and more starting to get into that type of thing, something that some people would not have considered before. Now they're more open to it. So that's yeah. it's divine timing. Well, yes. Well, people have to be more open to it because they can't trust the, the, the leaders anymore. So they want to know how what they can do to take charge of their own life. Without, I, so I love that the those are free resources for people. Can you give us a little bit more um, insight here in the moment? Is there what? How can people start manifesting? What is one of the most important things to do to to start that process? First of all, one has to release that one's belief, expectation, imagination—a big part of this—and it's so it's those emotions that are going to hold you back. Now, when you first try and visualize something, uh, all your thoughts of failure are going to come up from the past. One can expect this. So don't panic, but rather work through those emotions. The thing is to welcome every emotion till it passes. So if I say I'm going to work wealth and thought comes up, oh, I'll never do this because I've never had anything before. I go into that feeling of never having anything before. Welcome it, release it, then I come back to creating wealth where there's no more kind of a secondary thoughts coming up about failure, then it'll work. The thing is to take time to work through those emotional blocks. All you have to do is welcome them till they pass. Okay, so not trying to shove them down or push them away. Welcome oh. them. Exactly. Same with the healing. We're being out to best emotions. They can mm-hmm. be released once and for all. When you push them down, they're still there causing problems. They become unconscious. When you feel them, you can release them. The important thing is to recognize that they're not you. They're a feeling. There's a separation. The trick is not to identify with the emotion. A simple exercise you can do, if you've got some small object like a pen you can hold in your hand and just give it a good, good tight squeeze, Find after a moment you can't tell where your hand ends and the pen begins. You kind of knuckles turn white. You lose that sense of of separation. You lose the, lose the sense of what's like, what's you and what isn't. This is what we do with emotions. So we're gripping them tightly. We don't know what's different between us and emotion. People say things like an, an angry person. Then they're identified with it. They can't change. We're going to realize, this, no, it's not who you are. You're separate. So when you loosen the grip on that pen, you suddenly begin to realize it's separate from you. But it's easy to drop. Same with emotions. Once we stop identifying, but stop resisting, realize this isn't me, it's just my feeling. I can welcome that feeling. It passes, you let it go. So when you're doing healing work, when you're doing manifestation work, emotions are going to come up. This is good. We want them to come up so you can release them. Same way we help with the grip on the pen, you let go of the grip on the emotion, just let it be there, welcome it. It'll pass. When it's gone, it's gone. You find it surprisingly easy and quick to release emotions when you stop resisting. People spend hours struggling with emotions when you actually welcome and release it. It's there and suddenly it fades away and it's gone and it's, it becomes easy. So we get used to this process when you're manifesting as well. If a negative comes up, I can't do this, I feel apathetic or whatever it is, welcome that feeling, let it go. When you come back when you manifest what you want, that ne- negative thought isn't there anymore, it's done. When you're very positive and you expect it, it happens. It sounds so simple. It is. I mean, it's 
difficult at first because people just don't do this. <laughs> Everybody's learned to push their emotions away. They don't know how to welcome their beliefs. Everybody talks about creation, but they don't talk about discreation. When we're creating something new, it triggers old creations to reassert themselves. Knowing how to discreate is an important part of creation. So we also we almost cancel out our own um, dreams and things that we want to bring to fruition with yes. some of these old thoughts. That's right. All these old thoughts are holding those things in a constant state of creation. You know, if I failed in the past, there's still this thought that I'll, I'll fail, I can't do it. That's holding you back from what you want to achieve now. You can't do it with those thoughts going on. You're pushing them away, just pushing to the unconscious where they exist as a belief or, or further as a law where you simply can't break it, then you fail. So the failure repeats itself. It's almost like as a past creation is still in place because of the emotion you hold about it. So one has to discreate these past creations so you're free to create a new. Discreate the past creations so you're free to create a new. A new. Yeah. Nice. For those of you that are listening, we would love to hear your thoughts. What is resonating for you? What is coming up for you? Maybe there is some resistance. Maybe you actually have hope because you have a condition that is considered unhealable and now you're hearing that maybe it's not. You can send us a text 2057 or you can email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Right. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a few conditions. You talked about AIDS and um, I think you talked maybe mentioned multiple sclerosis. There's other yes. things like heart disease is a common yes. one these days and yes. arthritis, joint pain. A lot of people are having joint pain. Mm -hmm. All of these can be released and recovered from? Oh, yes. We, we do quite often. What are we talking for time frame? Like, how does this process work? Some things heal pretty quickly. Uh, I found, for instance, with heart problems, um, you find the heart point, the trauma comes up in one go quite often. It can be like a heartbreak. Quite often, it's actually things like anesthesia. That they go numb for a while because that's, that's what's stored in the muscles. Then some emotion comes up in the past, and when it's released, suddenly they find it's better. Things like um, immune problems might take a few sessions because there's layers of emotion to work through. They work mm -hmm. through the unconsciousness, the apathy, the grief, then the fear. Then you find the immune system heals. Thyroid, um, when we deal with things like arthritis, might take a step longer because you have to get to the anger as well. So maybe four or five sessions and they start feeling the pain is going. After a few weeks, um, maybe two, three months, the arthritis is gone. I find one of the slowest ones is actually motor neuron disease. That's taken maybe about a year to heal. And it's a gradual process. We can't do it any fast for some reason. Mm. So it's not we're trying to rush it. They've got to work by step by step. First of all, you find it slows down, then it stops, then it starts getting better. It doesn't heal immediately. There seems to be a very deep pattern going on with, uh, with a motor neuron where they actually have such a deep split in the soul that they're leaking energy and the life force is draining away. And quite often it's beyond just releasing one trauma. There's a serious rebuilding to go on. There's going to be a lot of unconsciousness around the trauma because they've numbed it up in so many different ways, so many levels of judgments, not letting them feel. This can be, they've got to work through all those things. You recognize the judgments and let them go, recognize the, the numbness, you feel the anesthesia. There can be layers to work through, but they do get there. But I find Patex maybe about a year to clear something like a um, motor new one. It's so interesting talking about numbness because often, you know, people have, I talk about numbing tactics, you know, people will do exactly. smoking or exercising mm. or dieting or dating or whatever, um, drinking. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of that is just, is numbing tactics. To, yeah, and, exactly. and and I guess we, we do it in other ways. It doesn't have to look like that is what I'm hearing from you. Yes. Oh, well, we don't want to numb out at all. That's the thing. We're trying to release those emotions. Mm -hmm. The important thing is to learn um, that you don't identify the emotions, you can actually welcome and release it. That's the trick. Once you 
accepted emotion. You don't need to numb it. He says, okay, here's an emotion. It's not me. It's just a feeling. I let myself feel it and it passes. It's coming to that kind of perspective. You're not to identify the emotion. You're not judging it. Therefore, you don't mind feeling it because it's just an emotion. The two things that hold you back are the judgment and the mm -hmm. identification. Okay. And don't own it. I've heard so many people say like, I am, yeah, like I'm an angry person or I'm super sad. Exactly. You say, I feel sad or I have so much sadness in my exactly. body. That's right. Okay. I, I feel sad. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's not who I am. Don't own it. Don't own the emotions, people. Well, you Such own a it, good but, reminder. You don't, but don't identify with it. <laughs> I have a question about a condition that is close to my heart. Um, I've got my son, but also many people, I'm sure, around New Zealand um, suffering from something that is not painful. It looks bad, but it, it it's not a painful situation, but it still is very hard on the emotions. And this is alopecia, which means unexplained uh, baldness. Mm -hmm. Have you had results or do you have any comment on that? Yes. You see, hair growth is controlled by the liver. Liver produces a hormone called somatomedin, which affects hair growth. So you find that the problem with baldness starts in the liver. That's been blocked off. The liver tends to also store anger like the thyroid gland, but it's a bit different. It tends to be close to the spleen as well. So quite often the anger isn't expressed because it can't be bothered. There's kind of apathy. There's a failure pattern. I sense I can't do it. So you've lost something in life and haven't got the courage to rebuild. That's the kind of feeling that's in the liver. So when the liver kind of closes down, starts to just matter in, your hair will starts falling out. So interesting because there, for those that don't know, there's alopecia areata, which is patchy, like bald patches. Okay. Mm. And then there's alopecia universal, which is eyebrows, eyelashes, all the body hair, everything is gone. Mm. And some people with um, areata, it will grow back and then it'll go again. Um, mm. And I have heard of cases of people with universal where it does come back. So for example, it would happen for an adult after a, a trauma, like a car accident, a death of a exactly. parent, a divorce, mm. birth of a child. Um, and then sometimes it does come back. And the story I heard was, I think someone had a, maybe their parents got divorced and, and they they lost their hair. But then when they got married and, and they were happily married, their hair grew back. I'm not sure. I don't know that person. It's like a fourth hand story. Would that make sense in terms of the emotional release or the shift in the emotions? Yes. As I was saying, you know, with the liver, it's because there's been a big loss. You haven't got the courage to rebuild. Big accidents, loss of parents, all these things. That's what's going to do it. When you that trauma and get the hope back. Then it all comes back. Thank you so much. I have never, I didn't, yeah, I totally put you on the spot. Didn't really warn you about that question, but I've never heard that before about release the, release the what? It's the kind of hopelessness. That, the hopelessness. That's the main thing. It's, it's the loss of trust. There's yeah. been a major loss in your life and you haven't got the courage to rebuild. Yeah, courage to rebuild. I've never heard that before. Thank you so much. It's interesting that in Chinese medicine, they talk about the liver's function as being freeing. Mm. Getting things moving. So when you can't be free, you can't move on, can't change, you know, you've stuck. That's when the liver is blocked. So fascinating. So what would be a path for that person? Would it be some of the the work to same thing as everything? Finding the emotional block and exactly, releasing? yes. Yeah. It's important to release that trauma because that's what's caused it. This way you I can believe that person may have cut, uh, his hair came back when he got married because suddenly he had hope again. Mm -hmm. He lost it. He lost the old. He's let go of the old of the past. He's got his own family now. This new hope, new love. Again, this faith. He can. He's getting on with his life. So of course, it's going to come back. So for anyone else out there that um, has alopecia or any other condition, but specifically alopecia, that is very good insight about releasing the hopelessness, the loss of trust, and the courage to rebuild. Thank you for that. So interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit more about our, you know, the healing, the unhealable. If someone's out there and they feel like they are unhealable or they've tried everything, 
I mean, obviously they can get in touch with you, but is there anything specific that they can do today to start down that path? Not releasing those emotions. But there's one particular thing I want to talk about with the unhealable. There's no condition that can't be healed, but why is it that people can't be healed? It's about finding what's unhealable in a person rather than the condition. What I've found in my years of practice is that there's something that holds us unforgivable. Now, we're going to why it's unforgivable. It's not always something huge when you look at it from the outside. What they hold as unthinkable is very personal. It's through the broken alliance with some part of the self. That could be with your inner child, your inner adolescent, your higher self, your soul. You've got to get some part of yourself and there's a split. It's what people hold as unforgivable. Could be a simple example, let's say as a child, you know, you've promised you you'd never do something like become like your parents. It's a common one. Later when you find you become like them after all, something you hold in, inside is split. You've got to get to your inner child and you hold it as unforgivable. I can't forgive this because I'm like my parents after all, I can't forgive them. Simple things like that we hold as un unheal unforgivable and therefore it makes us unhealable. The trick is to find what can't be forgiven and learn how to forgive it by healing that broken alliance. Then suddenly I'm just gonna stop you. It's such gold because I want you to <laughs> say it again. Find what can't be forgiven. Exactly. And then they will heal. The reason they can't be healed is because they can't forgive themselves. Listeners, if you're willing, you know, if you're willing to allow yourself to go there and really feel in to what can't be forgiven in your life, and that can really be the stepping stone on the path to healing. Exactly. Once you can become that one, you can start healing again. There are people who won't be healed because they can't be forgiven. Everybody else is getting better there and not. Once you find out what it is you can't be forgiven and actually find a way of forgiving it, then it all moves. Forgiveness is so topical right now, specifically, even before this call, I was thinking about just how curious it is and, and slightly baffling to me that so many people or that no one has come forward to either acknowledge or apologize. Um, and I guess, you know, in, in my life, but just in all of my friends' lives, like no one has come forward to acknowledge or apologize the way they treated us or the things they said or the, but I guess I'm not really hanging out for an apology, but I kind of would be like, it would be really nice. But yes. <laughs> I think, for, but I do have friends who are like, I will never forget. I will never forgive. And they're really mm. holding on to that. Yes, what that what message do you have for those people? Remember, first of all, we don't suppress emotions, so you feel it. The problem with forgiveness, people are saying forgive, they're trying to say stop being angry, and that's not what we're doing. So if you feel angry, wonderful, really feel that, so get it all out. It has its own kind of time, as it were. You, you're angry for so long, when you really express it, it runs out, it moves on to the next emotion. So forgiveness comes naturally at its own time, we don't push it. We continue to work through the emotions. If you're angry, wonderful, we say feel the anger, there's no judgment. We don't say you have to forgive. No, if you feel angry, that's great. That's what you feel right now. There's no judgment. You're feeling angry. That's an emotion. You welcome it. When you finish feeling angry, then you move on. That's in your own time. There's no pressure. If somebody spends weeks going through anger, that's okay. Mm. It takes as long as it takes them to get the anger out of the system. How do you recommend they do that? Keep welcoming it. <laughs> I said, also, don't be identified. Don't say I'm an angry person. I'm feeling angry. Mm. Also, don't judge it. We push emotions away because we judge them as wrong. No emotions are wrong, they're just emotions. If you're really angry, that's okay, feel angry. Don't make a big thing out of it. Lots of people are angry. You know, you're not alone in being angry. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not being special. You're just angry, and that's okay. So you feel angry. 
once you take the judgments away and stop identifying with it, it becomes easy. Just welcome it. Eventually it passes. So keep feeling it. It will pass. I think it's such a good reminder for people to know that anger is okay because we've had such the mantra here in New Zealand of, you know, be kind, be kind. Many of us, myself included, feel almost allergic to that word now, mm -hmm. uh, or at least very triggered by it. But um, be, be, knowing that it's okay to be angry, and my listeners have heard me say this many times, but I've been more angry in the last four years than I had in the preceding 45 years or whatever. Yes. So combined. So there, there is a lot of anger out there at the moment. There are a lot of anger. There's a lot of anger to be released. That's a good thing. They're feeling it now because if they don't feel it, they're, they're more suppressed. The kind of ones in charge of one, they put you down, took you about away. If you don't express yourself, you don't get anywhere. Your anger makes you assertive. That's what it's there for. Everything has a reason. Mm. So yes, we all want to be kind, but not to everybody. You don't be kind to the person who's abusing you. You you stop them. <laughs> you assert yourself. Well, I'm so thrilled that we're talking about healing. Just two days ago, I did this activity in a group that I'm in, and it was called the DPS, which is a daily purpose statement. And we were to write down every day I get up to dot, 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 so that dot, dot, dot. And what came to me, and I wrote it straight away without thinking, every day, I get up to shine the light on people, problems, and possibilities so that we can come together and heal humanity. Right. And I feel like Good that's light, what I'm doing yeah. today. Well, what I shine the light, I'm shining the light on you, and you are here to heal humanity. And I feel like that's just such a reaffirmation. <laughs> it's confirmation for me. <laughs> exactly. We all have some purpose in life. We all want to make a difference to this world in our own way. And it's good to know what your purpose is so you can stick to it. Once you know yeah. your real drive, you really get on with it. I think a lot of people are starting to really wonder what their purpose is even more than they have before, which is exciting. She's good. There's something comes comes out of this uh, oppression that makes people fight back and find themselves. I'd love to know uh, the journey you've been on in, in the last year or so. What is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly upped your brave? Well, first of all, speaking more about things you're not allowed to speak about. I mean, I've... I've been close to being thrown off social media many times by talking about things like vaccine damage and natural healing and so on. But actually, the biggest one is actually the magical battle that's going on. We've always worked against oppression and all the corruption in the world, but lately I've really taken the big ones, the Illuminati, the top magicians and so on. And that's been a huge battle, but I actually lost the sight of my left eye in this battle. So it's, it's, it is very real. But I've been fighting hard and I've seen many of them coming down, being arrested and being exposed and so on. So that's the big battle at the moment. Taking out the top corruption now, really trying to bring it down finally. Let's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Some people won't. What, what do you mean? So first you were talking about social media, then you were talking about taking down the Illuminati. So um, do you mean that in, with your energy and uh, you, and you're, you've been working yes. towards helping the, the, you know, the good side take down the Illuminati? Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. There's been a, a empowerment I've been sharing from the Japanese magic called the Kuruma Kabar, which is an energy of disruption, basically. I've, I've initiated people to it and work together every day, taking out those top targets and work together to bring them down. And we see it gradually working. So there's the power of the collective energy. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is that is huge. <laughs> 
And I, I, do you feel like there's a shift? Do you feel like we're making some progress, humanity? Oh, yes. If you're actually watching what's going on, you know, you start noticing, because it's not obviously the ones on the, on the news. Mm-hmm. Once you start following the money trail and see who's behind it, we've watched them actually being arrested, exposed and taken down, but it's not in the main media. But we've watched on you know, various uh, life, uh, life uh, news programs on the internet and so on, see what's going on that, that's not in main media. And we can see certain people being arrested, certain companies going down. These are all the ones we're targeting because actually what, what's really behind the corruption. You mentioned earlier. What you think it is. Then what I, you think it is, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier trail. that we can't touch, uh, we can't trust the politicians. Do you believe that the politicians to a certain extent are kind of more like puppets? Like they're not really the ones making the decisions or what are your thoughts on that? Well, they have their own part in the, to play. But you see, when you really look, all the governments are registered corporations on for profit. And if you've ever been in business, you have these kind of companies you can do searches for to find how, a com- how each corporation works. And you see yes. that all the governments are registered corporations. They're run for profit. They sell legislation. It's all about money. So they have their place. You know, they're not innocent because they're also big companies that take money. They all sell our human rights, basically, to, who, to the, who is paying for it. The legislation they make is not for our benefits because somebody's paid for it. Mm-hmm. You can look at these up, you know, it's like the police paid a lot of money to have their right to put out speed cameras because they make more money. The pharmaceutical company is a big one. They've spent lots of money on, on the legislation to actually take away their, their accountability so they can get away with what they're doing and put out untested drugs. So you can't actually you know, claim any compensation from them. They've done a lot of legislation to suppress natural medicine to get rid of the competition. It's all paid for. Yes. So, so of course, the government's a part of that because they're one selling the legislation. This is the biggest corruption. They're basically selling our human rights when they're supposed to be our representatives. And a lot of people won't see that. They wonder if they they think no, we pay taxes. The government's here. You know, they're doing a good job. They're here to to support us. Maybe well, it's time. For those in business call. who do these, these searches, use these search companies, can actually see what what they're doing because it's all there. How much money they're being paid in various various contracts, you can see it happening. You know, it's, most of the public don't see it, but if you're in business and watch the money, that's when you see it. Well, thank you for that reminder, and thank you for upping your brave. What about your bucket list? Something that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime? Maybe something right now, we can help you with. <laughs> Right now, I'm actually spreading my work into this area. I was I was in the UK and Europe, and now I'm coming into Asia. So I'm spreading my work now into Australia, New Zealand. So that's my next thing. So that's certainly you can help spread spread the word around there, share it with your friends. Um, sign up for my newsletter so you can get information of what's coming. So I'm doing a new course, uh, Ultimate Healing course, starting in January. So it'd be a great time to start looking at that. There'll be a webinar I'm giving to give explain how it all works with, with free empowerments in it and also a free Sinex program to clear your vaccine damage. So that's all coming up free. So this will give you into touch, into touch my work. So look out for that and spread the word. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this live, amazing. And if you're listening to it later, um, you can also take the replay link and you can private message it to someone in your life or post it if you dare on socials. Um more and more people are open to hearing the other side of the story, which is what Reality Check Radio is all about. And more and more people, in my view, are interested in hearing about holistic health and well-being, not just big pharma-funded sick care, which is not healthcare; mm-hmm. it's sick care. So mm-hmm. I think we're all cottoning on. And so please go ahead and share Peter's uh, this interview, as well as the links to his amazing free courses. Did you say Ultimate Healing? That's the course that's coming up. It's Ultimate Healing course. I mean, that's a paid course, but I'm giving okay. a free webinar first for where I answer all your questions and explain how it works. It gives some free empowerments on there as well. 
Brilliant. Well, remind us um, if there's anything else coming up, let us know in the next six months or so. But um, how can we get in touch with you? What are any socials that you are still on? And what is your website again? I'm on MeWe. It's getting some alternative social media. So we have we run groups on that. But also my website, Aziz Shamanism, my email will be there. We can actually email me anytime and I'll answer your questions. And if you sign up for a newsletter, you receive um, updates and all the new work that comes out and the courses are coming up. Amazing. So we're going to put those links on the replay page as well. You guys can go to realitycheck.radio, click replays, look for Up Your Brave, and then you can look for Peter, um, click that link, or simply just text us and say, hey, Nat, <laughs> what is Peter's email address? Or what is Peter's website? And I will send it to you, 2057 on the text or inbox at realitycheck.radio. Uh, what else, Peter? Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today before we wrap things up on this topic of heal the unhealable or anything about the state of the world and what's to come? Main reminder is that you are gods. There's nothing you can't do if you if you like start working through those blockages. So remember to welcome those emotions to get rid of all the doubts in the way and come back to being a god. You can heal yourself. You can create your own reality. You don't have to put up with anything thrown at you from the outside. These are all manifestations of your of yours, what we call the secondaries, the past thoughts that come up when you try and create what you want. Work through those and everything will change. So stick to that. Know you're a god. Keep creating your reality, creating the world that you want, and heal yourself. Amazing. Thank Remember, you I'm so much. To help you. I have many free tools to help you along the way as well. You certainly do. Thank you so much, um, Peter, for sharing your wisdom with us today and also sharing your hope. Because I think a lot of people, you're right, have given up hope in terms of their own health and wellness, but also the state of the world. So um, thank you for reminding us how powerful we are and that we can be healed. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Chick Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or dislike what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.